Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and alongside me, as always, is co-host Steve Mez. If it's your first time listening to this podcast, it's brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the Blaney Racing family for two decades, and Team Blaney itself has been providing news, notes, and analysis to fans on social media since 2014. So go ahead and pull those belts tight and hang on as we throw the green flag on our recap of Ryan Blaney's run in the Advent Health 400 this past weekend at Kansas Speedway. Steve, welcome back. We're here for another episode of the podcast, fresh off, as I just said, the Advent Health 400 at Kansas Speedway. And much like Kansas has the last couple of years, it really delivered, in my opinion, uh, racing action. And it's just another example this season where it's, it's, it's been flipped, where <laughs> somehow the mile and a half and the two mile tracks have been providing this super exciting racing with the the new the next gen cars and uh the short tracks have stumbled slightly (laughs) so it's kind of this weird topsy-turvy world that we're living in but quite honestly seeing uh these cars perform really well on these mile and a half tracks has been refreshing well the the mile and a half they're doing something that at the the mile and a half that they're not doing at the short tracks and that's tire wear um, tire wear and, and, and tire maintenance and how these teams set up their cars, uh, at the mile and a half are definitely showing, um, who can do a longer run and not wear out their equipment as much. Um, and, uh, it does make the racing better when you got that situation. Cause then the strategies change too, you know, sure. Everybody has to come in and get four tires for the most part, but you know, when do you come in? When do you get those four tires? How long can you go before that fall off is so deep that you can't stand it no more you know the fuel runs there are like 60 laps 55 60 laps and the, and there was never about fuel it was always about you know 30 to 35 do we need to get come get tires or you know the tv broadcast kept talking about a 20 to 25 laps was somebody going to lose a tire you know and um you know as we find out as the weekend goes on it's not goodyear's fault goodyear actually brings a good tire but these teams push the envelope and uh you know and then that's part of what makes the strategy and the racing better is that who's going to push the envelope too much and cause themselves an issue. It's just that perfect storm of you had the comers and goers. Like we always like to see, you had the tire wear, uh, you had cautions, you had drama, you had the Bush brothers battling, which, you know, they've, I think they've even done before at Kansas in the past. So it's just been, it was, it was just kind of everything you wanted all in one race. And then, The best thing, I don't know if it's the best thing, but pit road was just a disaster (laughs) for a number of teams from just speeding penalties by the drivers to uncontrolled tires, to cars driving over equipment, to the unapproved use of equipment, to Eric Jones's unfortunate uh, deal with the lug nut just getting frozen on the hub. Um, But, (laughs) and I can't necessarily attribute any of this to the moves that the 12 team made over the week, which, um, you know, we mentioned in last week's podcast, you know, we, you know, the pit crew had some, some kind of major issues in that last race. And then I think what a day later, they announced that they, they made some changes to the front tire changer and the, the tire carrier. They could swapped around team Penske a little bit. The 12 team was clean on pit road all day long. Um, 
which, you know, they've had challenges this year. So that was really good to see, but it seemed like everybody else was just um, missing a beat. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring it up in, in the report. At some point, there is one pit stop where they pretty much hold serve, which is really what you need to do. And they still gain three or four spots based on all the other issues. Other cars were having up and down pit road, you know, um, just craziness. Um, there's one later on uh, with Kyle Bush where, you know, they're doing their new coordinated uh, uh, choreographed dance there and, and it goes awry, you know, and it was fun to watch. The other thing to note, I, th- I believe going into this weekend, they only needed one more spin, you know, like a solo spin by a driver going into this weekend to tie the amount of spins they had in the entire Cup Series season last year. I think we're going into the weekend, we had like 19. And then I think immediately, I don't remember who it was early on in this race spun out on, on their own and it, and it tied that. And I can't remember, if, you know, the rest of the race, if we broke it beyond that, but that kind of goes back to the whole, the next gen car being difficult to handle and just some of these setups and the air pressures and, and everything else. And we saw it in practice too, uh, with even Joey Logano, you know, snapping loose and, and turning right into the wall. So I don't know. It just seemed like I said, the drama, the chaos, the pit road issues, um, the battle for the lead going down to the end of the race, Kansas, I think just delivered once again. And uh, it's always still, it's not always a high on people's list of uh, a track they need to get to. Uh, but I think there's enough in that area surrounding the racetrack, plus the racing that, that it delivers to make that one of those, I don't want to call it a bucket list track, but it's definitely one of those ones I want to check off at some point uh, in my fan career <laughs> nascar fan career so but yeah as i just said why don't we just go ahead jump right into our recap of ryan blaney's run in the advent health 400 this past weekend at kansas speedway all right let's just do a quick um synopsis of saturday um ryan was in group a for the practice um 12 laps run um you know there was so many issues he was on pit road waiting to get out there with uh uh, some of the things that happened, some of the cars that spun and so forth right off the bat. Um, he was uh, once again, fourth best in the 10 lap average, which is something that, like I said, to look at, especially at these bigger tracks when, you know, with tire wear and everything, you know, it was the 14th best single lap about almost three tenths off the leader in that, uh, thing, but you know, and the car was tight. So that was his main complaint. So you knew they were going to loosen it up for qualifying. Um, and his last lap, his right rear uh, tire went flat. And like I said, many cars are having this issue in both sessions. So um, luckily he didn't smack nothing like, uh, like Logano did, but uh, uh, you know, it probably made the crew chief adjust, um, adjust a little bit of what they were doing, whether it's uh, camber or something like that. Yeah. And they don't really, the, the big thing here too, is and the teams talk about the practice that they have this year, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever they end up getting, they don't really have that much time or much options to make adjustments because you can make, you know, unapproved adjustments and things that will throw out your qualifying lap or your starting positions and various other things. So um, air pressure is, is a big thing that they can do camber. I'm not even sure. I, I know they can't do that after qualifying, um, but I was just hoping with the issues we saw with Logano, with, with Ryan's tire going down, I'm like, man, I hope they've just learned something from here. You know, he didn't run that many laps and he has an issue, has a failure. So clearly there's there's something they need to change. And um, luckily in the race, it doesn't really come back to bite their team, but it does bite several others. 
yeah, he, uh, he does make it out of group a qualifying, uh, fifth and then, um, ends up in, you know, in the, uh, the top 10 there qualifying for the pole, um, ends up 10th and the 20 car actually wins the pole. So, you know, it, the issue was still there even during the qualifying lap because he come in afterward, uh, was saying something about, you know, he did the best he could with what he had. So hoping that it was going to be ready for race day, basically at that point. Um, so we get to race day, uh, stages of 80, 165, 267, nine sets of tires. Uh, like I said, a fuel run was about 60 laps. Uh, no competition caution, which totally shocked me. Um, not just because of all the tire issues during practice, but they had a hailstorm Sunday yeah. morning. Super, super surprising. I thought this was, you know, a lock. And um, I wasn't sad to see <laughs> to see it not happen. But uh, it was it was interesting. And like you were saying, maybe it had to do with the fuel run was already there going to have to make a stop in the first stage anyway. So maybe that's why. But yeah, really, really surprising to see, especially with the, the huge storm they had race morning. Yeah, I, the, you know, I don't, didn't quite understand the, the, the rain is usually the number one reason. And then the second reason is when there's a lot of tire wear and they think that they might have an issue with tire wear. But hey. Maybe they just knew that somebody was going to spin out sooner or later too. You know, <laughs> you're a guaranteed competition caution somehow to the rear, the 11, the 22, the 17, the 47, the 38, either unapproved adjustments or backup cars. Um, Ryan is in pit stall 37 for the race here behind the 78. And he had an opening behind him. And, um, I think the 78 ends up being one of the first, first ones out here. So, um, Bell takes the restart with the high lane. Um, and Ryan, of course, uh, you know, is 10th. So he's, he's up there also, uh, within the first lap, he's up to ninth, but then at lap four, he's back to 12th. He's talking about no rear grip on entry. And then at lap six, we get a caution for the 14 spinning out. There's your first spin out of the day. Um, Ryan's 11th at that point. And, um, the, uh, they get to the choose for this. The leader takes the top. Ryan takes the bottom. He's in row five. The restart at lap 11. The eight takes the lead. Ryan gets himself up to ninth. He's pretty good with the restarts, uh, no matter what. Uh, he's talking about sliding the front end. At lap 17, the 45 passes him. He's back to 10th. And he just says he's just trying not to wreck here. So the issues he's having are, you know, he needs an adjustment quickly. Uh, lap 21, the 19 passes, he's back to 11th and he's talking about no grip. It's just terrible. Lap 23, the 48 passes lap 24, the 23 passes him. So he's back to 13th at this point. And once again, he talks about needing a uh, big grip, um, lap 34, we get a caution for the 78, uh, spinning out with the left rear tire issue. <laughs> Here we go. And uh, the 78, I think, makes enough contact to something where he ends up leaving the race. So Ryan's pit pitting the rest of the day. And this is this is huge for a pit crew, too. When you don't have to worry about diving in and around anybody else coming in, um, your driver can come into the box a little better and hit the mark better, not having to be short or deep based on somebody else around him. And, uh, you know, this ends up being a little bit helpful for the team. Um, they pit... Um, 13th and come out ninth. Um, and let's see <laughs> who's the penalty penalty for the two and the 11 five had a bad stop. 
So that was some, some of the things that ends up happening, kind of shuffles them forward a little bit too, which is nice. Uh, the leader takes the top, Ryan takes the top. They restart in lap 41. And I hear lots of top of three for the next lap or two. The restarts are wild uh, and you know, just top of three, top of three, you know, um, the primary spectator, Josh Williams there, he's, <laughs> he's definitely got a lot to watch with the restarts and he's really trying to get him in there. And uh, it gets to be a little hairy. Lap 43 is at 15th with, with some of these things. And he's talking about plowing tight. So whatever adjustment they made was a swing, but uh, maybe been too much of a swing. Uh, lap 45, the 45 passes, he's back to 16th. Lap 47, the 43 passes, he's back to 17th. And he says the front tires are chattering now too. So, you know, this, this sometimes is a brake issue. Um, at least that's what they were talking about on, on a couple of the broadcasts, but it's, it's hard to tell because it kind of goes away too. So we don't hear too much about it after a while. Yeah. This was a little bit concerning part of the race because that you had mentioned, you know, that they had a really good pit sequence there when they get it, getting all the way up to ninth and then they, they come out here and then so suddenly it's like they've dropped anchor and it's like, Oh man, hopefully this is an uh, indication of what's going to happen the rest of the way. Yeah. So yeah. Lap 49, the 34 passes him is an 18th and lap 51, the 11 passes. So he's a 19th and then we get a caution lap 62 for the 99 car. And, um, Ryan was in 17th at this point. Uh, the 20 had a flat left rear during the caution, <laughs> which was kind of scary for him. Um, Ryan is in 17th and out 16th here. Um, oh, the 47, the seven, and the three stay out. And the 43 takes two tires. So there's four cars up in the front there that, aren't going to have as much grip as everybody behind him. Um, the 47, uh, takes the top and Ryan takes the top starting in 16th, uh, restart at lap 67 and by lap 68, Ryan is up to 10th lap 69. He's in ninth passing the 47. Who's dropping like, uh, you know, dropping back, uh, the 18 has taken the lead at this point, passing all four of those guys. And, um, uh, Lap 75, Ryan says it's a little bit better. So they swung back in the other direction and they found, starting to find a little bit of a happy medium there. Uh, lap 80, the 18 wins stage one, and Ryan does get to ninth. Um, so we get stage points, even if it's just one or two of them. But uh, the swing, that second pit stop, that swing back in the other direction, they I think they hit on something because they end up just slightly adjusting the rest of the race. Yeah, it was a huge moment because yeah, I just said how nervous I was after that last run where they you know lost like – almost 10 spots at one point and made a couple back up right before that caution. And then they come out here. And I think some of this had to do with those cars staying out and being slower and making the restart chaotic. But yeah. He's able to race his way all the way back up by the end of this stage and into points. So, and that's the first stage points in what this two or three weeks. So good to, good to at least start the day off with a, a couple of stage points. Uh, we get um, pitting in ninth and out seventh. And the nine actually wins the race off pit road, but he, I think he wins the race by racing off pit road because he gets penalized. And now the one actually is going to be the leader for the restart. Um, so many speeding penalties in this race. Yeah. And we had, this um, is one of the, the first, you know, big ones, but I think around seven total speeding penalties just handed out alone. Yeah. On this, on that sequence of pit stops, the 99, the nine, the 23 and the 11 all had a penalty of one form or another speeding or, uh, uh, equipment problems. 
somebody left with the the gas can still in, you know. Um, so Ryan's actually up to fifth for this restart, um, gaining those positions. And uh, by lap 90, he's in fifth, and the 24 is actually the leader at this point, and he looks pretty good out there. Lap 92, the 18, and the 45 pass Ryan. He's back to seventh. At lap 100, I wrote down, it's pretty quiet. So they've gotten to the where they kind of settled out after the restart, and now it's just trying to track down guys, and hopefully they're wearing out quicker than your your tires are wearing out. Lap 107, he's telling uh, Jonathan he's about a one loose now, and the lap times are only about a tenth off the leader, so really not too bad with whatever adjustment they made there. Um, and then lap 113... <laughs> Uh, the leader has a flat left, uh, left rear tire. <laughs> um, Ryan is up to sixth here. And, um, a couple of these rear tire situations don't necessarily cause a caution too. They got down off the track and I was surprised. Usually a lot of these times the guys will spin it, lock it down. And, but, uh, because of the, 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 the fear of being stuck, um, you know what, you got to go on and move, you know, yeah, that's, that's really actually helped. I think, cause it, yeah, you're right. There's a few times where they've, they've dropped the, dropped the tire and I'm just waiting, waiting for the yellow to come out. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It's like, Oh yeah, you're right. They don't want to, they don't want to risk slowing down because to, to come to a complete stop just to get the caution because they might need a hook to mm-hmm. get back to pit road. Yeah. Um, that lap one fourteen, he passes the eight car. He's up to fifth. And then the, right after that, the eight hits the wall. Um, the 45 is the leader at this point and at lap, uh, 121, uh, green flag pitting starts the 19 comes in and everybody else decides to dive down there. This is where some crazy things start to happen. Um, lap 125, we get a caution for the four car and, uh, Ryan had pitted already, but he was still in the lead lap. So they were in a situation where. Some of these other cars will cycle around. They'll have to pit. And um, this is this is where they get to the front because they did a good job on their green flag pit stop and they were still in the lead lap. And he and when it cycles around, the 45 leads and Ryan's up to second. And uh, Ryan tells him, he says, I feel like we got a lot more competitive there. They come for the choose cone. Of course, the leader takes the top. Brian does take the bottom for this restart. And I think he ends up leading the first lap. So he ends up leading another lap uh, here at lap 131. Um, lap one or lap 137. I'm sorry. Lap 138, the 48 passes. And then within a lap, the 18 also passes. So Ryan gets back to third at this point. And at lap 143, he's, uh, saying it's taking off a little too tight and they know it'll loosen up a little bit as they go, but you know, for a, a little note for later, if they've got a short run or something like that, basically lap 155, um, he needs to tightening up a little bit. Uh, he says lap 164, the 19 has a flat left rear tire lap 165, the 45 wins stage two and Ryan finishes third. He'd settled into third there and, and did pretty good job of holding, holding anybody off. Yeah, once again, looking good. And unlike some of these other restarts during this race where they restarted up toward the front, only lost the one position this go round. So I thought they'd definitely kind of turn the corner for this race. And I was looking forward to what they were going to be able to do uh, in their competition for this final stage of the race. So they're pitting in third here and they come out second. 
And, you know, once again, I think they held service what happened here because the 18 front tire, front right tire changer who, who ends up being the left rear tire changer when they run around the car, their choreography, the car got dropped on his hose. And he did a great job yanking the hose out from underneath the car, but he had to stop for a second and go back and, and yank that hose out just to get himself around the front of the car. Um, and the 18 was also too fast. So not only did they lose a couple spots on that, but then they went to the back of the, uh, the pack. Um, the leader of the 45 takes the top and Ryan is, uh, on the bottom here for this restart. And a interesting note here, when they line up for this restart, on the bottom row, it's the 12, the two, and the 22, first, third, and fifth. So he had all of his buddies right there with him. And I thought for sure this was a sign of things to come that the Penske cars had come around, all made their adjustments, and they're all you know coming to the front. But by the end of the race, the, the speed of the, of the Fords uh, is not there. Uh, the restart at lap 173, and he battles with the 45, you know, trying to get up there to the lead again. But uh, he doesn't get there. Lap 175 is in second. Lap 176, the five passes, and he's back to third. And he's talking about um, being way too tight. And then I got a note here of how did the five not wreck? This is that that great piece of footage where he comes off and he's running that high line, and he and he fishtails the back end of the wall, and uh, his dirt driving experience uh, shows there. Yeah, and he was that wasn't even the first time he hit the wall. He was hitting the wall all day long. Um, and it's weird. You see this with the next gen car, how you know the body and everything can hold up to these wall hits. But if you accidentally just hit the tire in like the wrong spot, though, you see these toe links breaking and stuff stuff in the suspension, kind of like what happened to Kyle Bush the week prior in the accident that he had at Darlington, where the car looked okay. Uh, but the tow link was broken and he allegedly couldn't turn it into pit road, uh, into the, into the, the garage. But, um, it was impressive to see the five car and some of these other cars really holding up to the kind of the beating they were getting because kind of like Darlington too, you know, at, at a point in the run, the high line becomes one of the preferred lines at Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, so at, at lap one, one, he's battling with the 11 car. They kind of go back and forth a little bit there. And, um, and I, you know, I have a note here at lap 182, he's catching up with the five, two, a little bit. Now lap traffic starts getting away a little bit. Lap 185, uh, the 11 does pass Ryan. So he's back to fourth and he's saying he can't make the bottom work. So he's having problems turning up underneath somebody. And, uh, you know, that's later in the race. We see that's the way to, to make the move. You know, if you're going to pass anybody, um, at lap 196, we get a caution for the nine and they have a tire issue. So they pit in fourth, come out third. Um, but what could be, you know, one of the big stops of the race there, pretty good job. And um, the choose cone is the 45 and he takes the top. Ryan uh, also takes the top behind him. So this is a good position to be in on a restart. Lap 200, they restart. At lap 202, he's back to fourth. as the, And then the 11 passes him, he's back to fifth. At lap 203, the 18 passes, he's back to six. The 45 still leading at this point. Um, at lap 215, I got him about five and a half seconds back at the lead back there in sixth. Um, but lap 223, I just took a note here that everybody from third place back to 10th were all within about a tenth of each other on lap time. So once again, they all kind of equaled out. 
And, uh, you know, it's good because it shows you're competitive, but on the other hand, it's not good because you're not gaining on anybody either. Um, at lap 229, we get a caution for the four car. And I think this was a tire also, but the reason they called the caution is they thought he may have put some fluid down on the track. Um, they pit going in sixth and they come out sixth. Uh, the 18 is the leader. He takes the top and Ryan takes the bottom, putting him in row three, actually up to fifth. And we restart lap 234. And he basically sorts out to seventh place. And uh, the five is leading at this point. And at lap uh, 239, uh, Ryan gets sideways off of four. And I, I don't know if they, I think they showed this one on TV because he does a great save on this one. Um, but he loses position of the 47, the 48, the 19. He ends up back in 10th. At lap 257, he's in 10th there. And, he, um, it, you know, the, the focus on TV then becomes a, on the lead, you know. Yeah. Uh, the 45 is gaining on, on the five at lap 259, the 45 slides under the five. And, you know, in a way it looked like he hit him or he at least forced him to the wall. What was great was the, that, you know, since then you've heard the audio of Larson because his spotter right away is, Oh, he forced him to the wall or whatever. And Larson said, no, 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 that was my fault. <laughs> you know, Larson was trying to get everything he could out of the high line and he, you know, he kind of lost himself. So, yeah, he didn't leave him a ton of room, but he mm. didn't, he didn't touch him. No. Um, so it's, I don't know, some would say maybe similar to what happened last week at Darlington, except, you know, Larson was like, no, no, that was me. I could have, you know, I could have kept it out of the wall, but I didn't. So yeah. Refresh. Um, yeah. And then Ryan has another, um, I think another moment they, like I said, they don't show this on TV, but uh, he does get passed by the, the 23 and the two. Um, so he's back to 12th there. He got into the wall a little bit. Uh, lap 267, the 45 does win. Ryan ends up 12th. All six Toyotas that were in the race finish in the top 10. And um, the fastest Ford was the two car in 11th and Ryan in 12th. So uh, Jonathan makes a statement about, you know, we'll work on to find some more speed. And, uh, this I think is the issue. They, they do take uh, six cars after the race for R and D and wind tunnel, two Toyotas, two Fords, two Chevys. And, um, Brian being one of them, but, uh, we need to see what's going on here because I think that something, something's up on the mile and a half that, uh, they may need to correct and hopefully they do it within a week. And you have to remember, uh, was it Las Vegas? You know, I think Kyle Bush probably should have won that race until there was a, it was Bush and I think Truex might've been up front and there was a late race caution. So the Toyotas were fast there as well. So they've been fast on these, these types of tracks. They've been slow in a lot of other places. Um, but yeah, you knew going into, it seemed from qualifying and practice <clears throat> going into the race that they were going to be, uh, some of the teams to beat and it showed up, um, I was telling you before we started, you know, man, it just felt like, you know, so down on this race, but you got to remember, you know, he finished in the points in the first stage, finished really high in the points in the second stage was running in the top 10 when um, he had a couple of those moments there that ended up resulting in the 12th place finish. So it's one of those, it could have been worse. It could have, he could have had like the past previous weeks. He could have had no stage points at all to fall back on in this race and then still finish 12th or something like that. I don't like that. I think this is the third or fourth race in a row. They've finished outside of the top 10. So 
hoping that this week they head to the all-star race, maybe the pressure's off a little bit. Um, really great to see, you know, for whatever reason, you know, the pit crew was firing on all cylinders this week. So it's like, if they just had the speed, a little bit more speed or the setup or whatever issues they were having there with the pit stops that they had all day long, he probably would have been in contention to win this race. Yeah. He makes a statement early in the race when he gets passed by somebody that, that, uh, and it was one of the Toyotas that they've got, like, seems like they have a hundred more house horsepower than we do. And, uh, you know, that it's hard to tell on TV and it's a little easier to tell if you're looking at lap times, if everybody's running consistent laps, but the, the number one person who really be able to tell is the driver when he's sitting in that car and then somebody actually goes by him and it goes by him in a way that, you know, you wouldn't expect them to get by you. So yeah, they, there, there's something going on there. And like I said, it's at the mile and a half. So it doesn't obviously matter at some of the short tracks or things like Darlington, where it's more about the driver, you know, but when it's more about the horsepower and, uh, and, and arrow and, and you don't have it, uh, it, it shows up, you know? So hopefully, like I said, they, if they do find something that's a different difference, hopefully they alter something before they go to Charlotte, <laughs> you know, one other last thing I want to talk about, we've kind of seen this every race is, um, we talked about how at least I perceived it and you seem to agree a little bit, you know, it was a great race, a good race all around as far as being a NASCAR fan, all the elements of, with the drama and the pass for the lead at the end and the pit road issues and, and all that other stuff. But you still had drivers coming out of the car at the end of this race mixed saying, Oh, you know, you couldn't pass. It was so hard to pass. And um, I know like for me, it's like you saw how many times did the Toyota teams go to the rear and drive all the Bubba Wallace twice, I think, went to the rear. Denny Hamlin, um, several guys had issues here. For me, it's like, yeah, it's tough to pass when you don't have a good car. Mm-hmm. And um, even in Ryan, in this case, you know, a couple of times he on restarts fell back and was able to pass his way back up to ninth and all the way back up to third. And so it's just, I, I, I'd like, like to think it's just sometimes drivers just you know, complaining, <laughs> complaining yeah. a little bit. It's like, I don't know. I, I, a lot of people were passing people in, in this race to still see them Oh, it's, you know, you know, even though it's the next gen car, same old stuff still can't pass. So I think dirty air is going to be dirty air, no matter what, if you're running Studebakers or you're running the, the, the gen six or this gen X car on, on the next gen car. Gosh, I make fun of people for calling that the wrong thing. And I hear I am calling it about seven different things. Next gen car. I think, I think the tire wear has something to do with some of it. And certain guys are not good at um, overheating their, their their equipment, overheating their tires or, or whatnot. Because I believe that the guys who can run real good, consistent laps over a long period of time will move their way to the front, you know, and, and as long as they don't wear their material out. And Kurt definitely showed that over the day, um, you know, and all the Toyotas did. And it, once again, was it a setup thing? Um with the tires and so forth. I mean, cause you know, even they had some tire issues through some of the, some of the teams, but yeah, you know, each week there's so many different things you can hit on that, that are going to make the racing better. And it seems to be working, you know, I'm not going to be totally pessimistic, but there are sorts, sorts of moments where at least watching Ryan from his perspective, where a restart happens 10 laps into that, after that restart, it kind of settles down. And then you're logging laps and you can't gain and nobody's gaining on you and, and then spreads out. And 
uh, you know, those are the moments I kind of get like a little bit like, oh man, I wish there was some big difference. You know, the only, the only big difference ends up being tire wear at that point. If you're better with your tire wear than somebody else, then you start to gain on them and pass them, you know? So yeah, those are the, those are the types of things that will hopefully equalize it out a little bit. And, and we know that Ryan's really good at taking care of his equipment best he can. The only time he's really has an issue with that is when he has to go in the back and then race his way by a lot of these, these, uh, middle of the pack guys, you know? So before we move on, let's just take one look at the current NASCAR cup series point standings. And if we're looking at the playoff race, uh, with Kurt Busch winning this, he's now the uh, 11th different driver to win a race this season. And so that kind of relegates Ryan back to the 12th position when it comes to the playoffs um, on the bright side with the stage points that he gathered during this race, he has regained the second position in the straight up point standings behind Chase Elliott. So Ryan has 423 points to Elliott's 475 points. Um, that matters a little bit. We've been saying it every week. If Ryan just wins a race, he's going to vault back up into the top four, mm-hmm. top five of the, of the playoff standings, especially with a lot of the stages that he's already won as well. That would go with uh, the five playoff points you get for winning a race. So um, we're just waiting, just waiting for that win to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'll take it anywhere. I'll even take it this weekend because the cup series is heading to the all-star race at Texas motor speedway this Sunday. We just gave you the points update in this case, the points don't matter, <laughs> no. uh, but the money does, because mm-hmm. if you are able to win this race at Texas, uh, your team's going to come home with a cool million dollar prize. And as they do every year, they kind of just shuffle up the format. And while um this format maybe not be may not be as flashy as some have been in the past, may not be as confusing as some have been in the past. I think it still might do the job. And Steve, why don't we just kind of go through this whole race format for this weekend of the all-star race at Texas. It's actually going to be a triple header weekend with the truck series on Friday, the Xfinity series and cup qualifying on Saturday, and then the cup open and the all-star race on Sunday. You can catch the open on Sunday at 5 30 PM Eastern time. And 8 p.m. Eastern is when the full all-star race is going to kick off on FS1 and on the radio with PRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. So let's start with qualifying. Now, this is going to happen on Saturday, I think, in conjunction with uh, the Xfinity schedule. So qualifying. Opening round of qualifying is going to be the traditional single car, one lap format in reverse order of the current 2022 owner points um, from those one lap. The one laps that each team is going to do. They're going to take the fastest eight qualifiers and transfer them to a three round head to head elimination bracket. So if anything is kind of flashy in this year's format, it's qualifying um, in that elimination bracket. in that elimination bracket, it's going to feature two cars staged in adjacent pit stalls near the end of pit road at the sound of an alert. Each pit crew will perform a four tire stop. And at the drop of the Jack, the drivers will exit their pit stalls and basically drag race back out onto the track. The first car back to the start finish line is going to advance to the next round. So lap time, you know, whatever the actual time is, doesn't necessarily matter because if your pit stop is faster and you get off pit road quicker, um, you have a better chance of getting back to the start finish line first. Um, Once they go through all of those uh, elimination bracket things, the final pairing will uh, meet up once again to compete for the pole. So... (laughs) Um, this sounds interesting and it does, this is the first time the pit crew is going to be involved in the all-star format because they're going to have some more involvement later on. 
Um, what do you think about just qualifying as well? Do you think they should have just, you know, done straight up qualifying or do you like kind of the flashiness of this? I kind of like the flashiness of it just because it may give somebody a chance. Um, and plus it's also like a complete team effort type thing too. Uh, the other big thing is, uh, that Texas as a track has an issue (laughs) and, uh, track position might be huge all night long uh, in the all-star race itself. So they're, they're, um, you know, trying to be out in the first four or five guys might be the best thing you can do all night long, just to try and, you know, keep your track position, hold on to your track position. Because like I said, that the, the issues that Texas has with the PJ one and, and what's happened to the, the raceability, the track, um, you know, you might not be able to come from, 10th or eighth place and move your way up, uh, you know, even in, in a longer run. Now, hopefully, you know, Texas has had an issue in the past. We did just talk a little bit about how the next gen car has been running on mile and a half track. So I'm hoping that this will be the, the thing that it's needed, <laughs> that they don't need to, to tear it up and do another reconfiguration uh, since they've made the turns uh, different all the way around. So, uh, we talked about qualifying there. Why don't we talk about the open real quick, even though Ryan doesn't have to deal with the open, um, since early in his career, uh, since he's been winning races the rest last several years, but the Open's going to proceed. Uh, the NASCAR all-star race is going to happen at 5 30 PM Eastern time. As I said, uh, it's going to consist of three stages, 20 laps, 20 laps, and 10 laps. Each segment winner is going to advance to the all-star race. And there's also going to be a fourth, uh, person that will be driver that will be voted in to the all-star race. And what was it at right now? It was LaJoy, Eric Jones, Suarez, and I'm forgetting the fourth driver, but those were the top four that they, they had kind of released going into the weekend. I think the, the voting closes on Friday. Uh, so if you happen to be a, a, a semi-fan of one of those other folks outside of Ryan, you might want to get your votes in for that. Uh, so that's, like I said, going to precede the All-Star Race. The race format for the All-Star Race, four stages with the first three 25 laps in length and the fourth one and final one being a 50-lap shootout. Um, So like we said, stage one, 25 laps. The stage one winner will start on the pole in the final stage as long as he finishes 15th or better in stages two and three. So maybe this is where things get a little bit complicated if you have to keep track of this map. Um, Luckily, the folks at NASCAR on Fox are probably going to let you know at the end of each stage how this is going to (laughs) function. And so you won't have to keep track of it on your own. Stage two, another 25 laps. Stage two winner will start second in the final stage as long as he finishes 15th or better in stage three. And then there's this is a what they're calling kind of a special stage break with the pit stop competition. So the pit crews were involved in qualifying with that uh, qualifying pit stop that they had to do. So now there's going to be a pit stop competition during this stage break after stage two. Each team must pit and perform a four tire stop the team with the shortest time on pit road. So this is pit in to pit out. I think yellow line to yellow line plus your pit stop. So the driver does play a role in this. Mm -hmm. Um, The pit crew uh, will win the pit crew award and the driver will start fourth in the final stage. Again, as long as he finishes 15th or better in stage three. So just because you win this pit crew competition doesn't guarantee the driver is going to get this fourth place uh, starting spot. They have to stay within the top 15 in that third stage. So stage three, the stage three winner will start third in the final stage. Um, We don't have to worry about that 15th or better because they have to win the stage to 
get this and then mm-hmm. finally stage four 50 laps stage winner stage one winner starts first stage two second stage three third um the pit stop competition winner fourth it says if a natural caution occurs between laps 15 to 25 of the final stage standard race procedures will be in effect if no natural caution occurs during that time nascar will call what they're calling an all-star competition caution um have to think that this was uh something that they borrowed from the srx series from last season to where if the srx series got on too long of a green flag run they would call mm-hmm. um they didn't even have a initial uh, a real name for it i think the booth had 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 come up with some nickname for it but in this case mm-hmm. we're calling it an all-star competition caution that will stack the field back up and then the winner of stage four will win the one million dollar prize um interesting there's a lot of elements there uh, a lot of opportunities uh, can be had if you win the stages a lot of opportunities to be had if you can win this pit crew competition which will be interesting to see um, the Hendrick Cruz and the Gibbs Cruz have been some of the fastest on pit road this year. Uh, I think you were even saying at one point, uh, the Penske two crew, which, you know, we've brought uh, a tire changer over from there, uh, to Ryan's crew. Now they've been fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like that element. I like the element of the pit crew being involved. Uh, I like the, the fact that these stages aren't going to be super long at a place like Texas where it can get strung out a little bit. Um, but I'm just hoping and praying that this new car is going to deliver on the same levels that it's delivered at a lot of these other mile and a half tracks, but um, I'm not overly optimistic and I hope the all-star race doesn't return to Texas next year, but just, I'm just looking for some entertainment. Really. There's no points on the line. There's money on the line for the teams, which is a big deal for them. Uh, But I just want to see, want to be entertained. That's all I'm looking for this weekend. And um, if Ryan wins the race, even better. Yeah, I, I just, you know, All-Stars, are it's a fun thing. It's supposed to be a fun thing. Um, different formats each year, trying different things is great. Um, I, I do want to talk about the Jeff Gluck format, just because uh, Jeff Jeff's idea, I think, is super. And I think the only reason NASCAR doesn't go to it is because they don't want to admit that somebody has a better idea than they do. Uh, it's, it's some sort of pride thing, but, but Jeff has basically a format where you do segments. And at the end of, so, uh, end of the segment, you drop off the last, however many cars, four, six, drop off four, six. Then you get to that last segment where you only got like five or six cars on the track. And then you do a shootout for 10 laps or something like that, or even a green, white checkered, you know, whatever. But, uh, that would be kind of cool. Cause then you'd be like, uh, if you're, in let's say 15th and you got to get to 14th to make the next thing, you know, you're racing a lot harder than just collecting your, you know, collecting your check for the night. So, you know, something like that would be kind of cool, but like each year they try something different. This is interesting. I, you know, I don't think it's that hard to follow. Some people have made it sound like it's really hard, but it's not that hard to follow. The the thing is, is win one of the three stages or win the pit pit crew competition. And you can start up front at the end, you start up front at the end, you got a really good shot at winning. Like I said, just based on the fact that I don't think there's going to be a lot of passing once they spread out after restart. So, you know, let, let's just hope that, uh, you know, Ryan and the Penske guys can do one of those two things, um, win a stage or get, uh, and you know, it, you might see some pit strategy based on that too, where in that first or second, uh, caution, uh, between the stages, I don't think they necessarily have to pit. So, you know, that could be something too, that'll help, uh, change some things around for teams 
Now, I could be wrong, but I do feel like there was a point, maybe even back during Dave's career when they did, ran the race at Charlotte Motor Speedway, that they did have a format that did include elimination of drivers at the end, at the tail end of the fields. Uh, but I don't think it was a lot. I think it was maybe only one or two. I've definitely seen that format in person on short tracks. Uh, so if they did bring this race back to like a Bristol or a Martinsville or something in the future or another short track, I think it'd be worth worth uh, entertaining uh, because they, they, they run those races for fun kind of all over the country at short tracks. So uh, yeah. that would be kind of cool to see. Um, just taking a look, we might as well look at Ryan's stats at Texas Motor Speedway and just the non-all-star races. Um, he's made 13 starts at Texas, a little bit feast or famine. His early career finishes were not great. Um, so that kind of messes with his average finish there, which is 16.4, but he has three top fives in seven top tens and a pole at Texas in 2018 when he went on to finish second, which was his highest, well, pretty the highest finish you could have there without a win. So, um, he has been stellar at Texas. He has an Xfinity series win, I believe at Texas, um, if we're looking at just the all-star race itself, um, so some of this won't really matter because these were at other tracks, um, but his highest finish in the all-star race what did come last season when he finished fifth in this all-star race at Texas. Prior to that, he was sixth. I think it was at Bristol then, uh, 16th, 15th, and then 11th. His first appearance in the full all-star race was in 2017 uh, when he won a stage in the open and the 21 car and actually made his way into the race that way. So fifth in this race last year, um, he has a really good track record with Texas overall. So I'm thinking if the pit crew can deliver in these little competition segments, uh, whether it's in qualifying or in the race itself, um, if the, if the Fords can come up with something here, uh, I think they're just running the normal, I think 670 horsepower package. So they're not doing anything funny with the aero package at all, just what they've been running all year. So um, if they can come with some sort of speed, the other thing here to keep in mind too, is that this is Texas is going to be important at the close of this season too. So teams aren't going to just mess around this weekend and have fun. Uh, they need the data here uh, mm-hmm. for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to want to definitely learn something that they can apply later on, uh, later on in the uh, year when it comes playoff time. Um, you know, real quick note about the pit stops and the pit crew and everything uh, with the pit crew change uh, they've gained the, the front tire changer for, from the two crew, which is uh, Flores, Skip Flores. Um, and, uh, you know, we want you to continue to listen to this podcast, but if you don't listen to the Stacking Pennies podcast, you may want to start listening to it now for sure, uh, because he does give insight into how his, his uh, weekend went uh, when, when he was changing for the two. So if anything major happens, or, you know, anything that uh, needs to be talked about, not only um, for other Penske cars, but his car now being the 12 car. Um, and he was with Ryan's crew before, so it's not like he's unfamiliar with the 12 car. But um, if you want more insight, sometimes um, he'll definitely be a source now if something happened on Pit Road that he'll probably be able to tell you about it. Uh, they usually come out with their podcast by like Thursday morning. So, um, you know, Listen to ours first, and then later on catch the Stacking Pennies podcast too, so you can get the, get some insight into what happened on pit road. So again, if you want to tune in this week for the All Star Race, qualifying is going to happen on Saturday night. 
Uh, but the big show is on Sunday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time for the All-Star Open. If you want to see which drivers can race their way into the All-Star race and which driver wins the fan vote, then at 8 p.m. Eastern time, it's the All-Star race at Texas Motor Speedway. You can watch it on FS1. You can listen to it on PRN or Sirius XM NASCAR radio. Hey, do they have um, trucks, trucks and Xfinity this weekend too, or just trucks? There's trucks on Friday and Xfinity series on Saturday. So Saturday. it's a triple header weekend with the cup series all-star race on Sunday. Make sure you check out the truck race this weekend. Um, the, uh, the 38 truck of Zane Smith, uh, I, they just spanked the field this past weekend. Uh, Josh, uh, Josh spots for that 38 team and, uh, they've won their third race of the year. And right now he's looking like the best thing going in the truck series. And Josh is, uh, what, what did I call him earlier? He said he's, uh, primary um, prime primary spectator is what he called himself <laughs> he called himself that and uh, that's the only reason i'm using it but uh as the primary spectator he called pretty good race on uh on uh the other night uh for that truck and like i said the truck zane right now are they're they're clicking so uh you might want to tune into that this weekend just to see them uh and uh, see josh have a good night too with them yeah would not be surprised to see them right you know go back to back on mile and a half tracks here uh they just won at kansas and i would not be surprised to see them go out there and uh spank the field once again at texas motor speedway hey let's we want to talk some fantasy i guess we have to i mean quite (laughs) honestly it was a good week i I think this is two or three weeks in a row for me where i finished in the top 15 but of course um you had to ruin that for me a little bit but i'll get over it it's okay (laughs) um um so yeah let's let's take a look at what we had uh what we had as our starters for this race and i thought i had a pretty decent starting lineup going in here based on qualifying and some other things so i did go with the pole sitter christopher bell he got me 32 points i had kyle larson who somehow between you know hitting the wall about 70 times still kept it up front there got me 40 points kyle bush got me 53 points kurt bush the winner got me 50 points uh, my only weak link in this entire deal was Eric Almarola, who I could have replaced. I could have, I pretty much keep Ryan in my garage all year long. Um, I could have bumped Ryan up into there and got 35 points. I uh, didn't do that. So I only got 11 from Almarola. Um, I think this is where it um, potentially I had some issues though. So in the featured matchups, I picked William Byron over Logano. That did end up being, being correct uh, by one position. I picked Larson over Hamlin. That was correct. Um, man, no, see, I did, I did okay in these. I picked Almarola over Eric Jones. That worked out. Um, I did get the third one wrong, though. I picked Reddick over Kevin Harvick. So I had, quite honestly, probably one of my best points weekends, but it just seems like everybody had a good weekend. Um, who did you have in your lineup? Yeah, on the, um, on the bonus picks, I had three out of the four right, which, you know, I got the Reddick was the only one I, I had wrong. And Reddick, I had in my lineup and, and I realized to change him when everything happened to him and I had enough time to do it. So my lineup ended up being Kurt Busch, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch. Oh, they finished first, second, third. And Martin Truex, who finished sixth. And then Alex Bowman, who finished ninth. And Bowman was the only one that was bad in points because he had no stage points. But, uh, you know, Larson was worth 40 total points but kyle bush was worth 53 points yeah. actually he was he was worth more than kurt uh because of his stage uh, finishes so um yeah i did pretty good this week 
a lot better at least you know you did and quite honestly i mean we'll go through this but i mean we were only um separated by you know about i don't know i can't do the math 16 or 17 points here and because we were pretty much on the same wavelength i think for our starters the first three we both picked and we both picked all the same uh for the the featured matchups too so i was just right there with you if i think i if i would have just put ryan in i think i probably would have been up here into the top 10 this week so let's take a look at the top 10 in the team Blaney NASCAR fantasy live league. When it comes to points earned at Kansas speedway uh, first in points earned this week, Semper Blaney with 248 points. Second cheesehead fan 245. your team Mez 12 rising from the ashes of the last few weeks uh, in the third position with 238 points. Fourth P shoot bill 234. fifth Eric D 15 230. Sixth, two Bushes, no Johnsons, 227. Seventh, Vans, 12, 223. Eighth, the defending champion Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing, 222. Ninth, JD Racing, 221. And we have a tie here uh, for the 10th position with Pocono Lady and my wife, <laughs> Rogers T, tied for 10th with 220 points. And 12th, uh, one of my other favorites here, Factory of Sadness. I just want to throw that one out there. Um, just because I gave them a little bit of a hard time when we both had a bad week early on in the season. But me, I think the second week in a row, I think I finished 13th here, uh, 216 points. So you 238, me 216. I think that was a difference pretty much of one driver pick when it comes to this weekend. So um, good weekend all around for the, the Team Blaney podcast host here when it comes to the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. Now let's take and a you, look. You, you still lost in your own household. I did. I mean, that's that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> this might be her first top 10 in a while i think she did have one other this year that's good um let's take a look at the overall league standings for the team blaney nascar fantasy live league still holding down the first position bulldog 0277 with 2498 points second math mom 4 2471 points third fry gal 12 2470 fourth the dalai lama 4 2469 fifth again the defending champion in Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing, 2,446 points. And six, Moose Hunter, 1960, 2,441 points. And seventh, Blaney Kicks Beep, 2,427 points. And eighth, Two Bushes, No Johnsons again, 2,423 points. Ninth, Eric D. 15, 2,416 points. And rounding out the top 10, a one another, another member of our Blaney Discord chat that we are Team Blaney Discord chat. Uh, each week where we meet and talk during the races. Blaniacal, 10th position, 2,390 points. Um, Mez, you've you've vaulted up a little bit. Last week, yeah. we only had one. We had cool, uh, I think, cool guy, uh, 2K, 2K in between yeah. us. But now we have multiple people in between us here. Yes. You've, you've risen to 24th with 2,277 points. And I've stayed stuck in the 30s at 32nd with 2,232 points. So no longer is there one person between us. There are many. <laughs> yeah, I got I'm looking at that person in 18th, and I'm just trying to get get to her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. She's got uh, the wife is on a roll this year. So yeah, she's it, she's doing quite well. Mm-hmm. So no picks this week, right? It's the All Star race. So a little all-star bit of an All Star break for the team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That means you got all week to strategize, uh, for the next race in the season for Charlotte for the 600. It's a coming, it's a coming and we'll leave it for, uh, maybe our, 
our next episode. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the next episode, I don't know. We maybe we need to put a Twitter poll out for the rest of this week. Yeah. Uh, Steve and I are going to be on the road uh, when we normally would record, uh, doing so, some a variety of visits and uh, um, some other things in in the, in the Charlotte area at some point. But should we do? Should we just take a take an all star break from the Team Blaney podcast? Or should we record a podcast? I don't know. Hit us up in Discord. Hit us up on Twitter with with your thoughts on that. Um, do we deserve a break? Is the question that I would like to pose out there. Um, if Ryan wins the race, though, we're going to find some sort of a, <laughs> some some way to record. <laughs> I bet. Uh, I know if it's up to Steve. Yes, we're going to record in, in the in the from the the trunk of a car in a parking lot. I think. Yeah, but, yeah. but but we'll see what we got to do. <laughs> One computer, two mics. That's all we need. <laughs> and someplace to plug it all in. www.something and download that sucker. Now, I'll still take notes either way, just because uh, I've got found that I think that's the only way I can watch a race anymore. Uh, it's a habit. <laughs> keeps me out of trouble, too. Yeah. You know, it keeps, it keeps my blood pressure down a little bit. Uh, keeps me from getting worked up because I something happens on the track and I look and I go, okay. And I just start writing what it is and not get too wrapped up into it yeah. and uh, recover quickly. just like the team does. So, yeah. But like we said, I mean, for me, all I'm looking for this weekend is some entertainment. There's no points on the line for the all-star race at Texas. Um, Ryan's really good at Texas. Uh, let's see, let's see what he can do. Hopefully, um, hopefully he comes out of there with a W and a, and a million dollars in his pocket. Yeah. You know, it, you never know until you get there and you try, you know, some of these pit road things, uh, pit, pit stop things make, make a difference now with the changes. And plus it's part of the format, you know, in qualifying part of the format during the race. So, you know, and, uh, the open is always interesting because, you know, it's kind of get to see who might be the, the best of the rest that, uh, and this year, truthfully, with all the different winners, um, some of those cars that are down there in, you know, 20th place or below really aren't bad cars. Nope. Um, you know, you got guys like Suarez and, and, and you know, they, they've got speed to win the open, you know, or win one of the segments or whatever they got to do. So um, hopefully we see that, you know, um, see a couple guys get their way in. That's always fun to watch the open and, and, and see the excitement when those, those teams do make it. And, uh, and then the fan vote, you know, I'm, I'm voting Corey LaJoy. I'm just going to put it throwing out there, it out there, throwing it out there. Just vote for Corey the next couple of days, get your votes in. He's a good guy and uh, he's trying hard and uh, you know, they're on the right track. Uh, he's a good driver. He really is. You just don't, don't get to see the, you know, with the equipment he's given, you know, and uh, uh, I'd like to see him just make it just for that, you know, just to, just to see that personality. Cause he's got, he's good personality too. I think I'm obligated by, the aforementioned wife to say vote Daniel Suarez, even though I think he's plenty capable of winning a segment in the open. Um, but Steve, I think that pretty much wraps it up for this week's episode of the team Blaney podcast. I want to thank everyone once again for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, check out our debut episode from our very first season that dives deep into our Blaney fandom. You can interact with us on Twitter and Facebook at team Blaney and on Instagram at team Blaney. And finally, very important, we want to encourage you to help support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. This organization championed by Ryan and his family supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine. 
Find out more about the foundation online at ryanblaneyfamilyfoundation.org or on all of their very active social media channels. And plus, we are less than a week away from the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation's Driving for Good golf tournament that's going to happen uh, next Tuesday at the Top Golf Charlotte University. Um, lots of fun to be had, I'm sure, at the event. And also several different ways where uh, Blaney fans and others can get involved and support the foundation, support their efforts. Uh, I believe this whole golf tournament at the Top Golf is, is supporting their uh, UPMC Fund a Fellow program that they've been working with them for the last several years, uh, trying to get some more money uh, and awareness for the concussion research that they do. Um, so Hall or the wall of fame. That's, that's probably one of the, the easiest things you can do if you are unable to attend the event. Yeah. $20 gets you on the wall of fame, but a donation of 50 or more. And uh, you not only get, get your, your name up on that wall of fame, but then Ryan takes it and signs it and they mail it back to you and you get your own little keepsake off of that. Um, you know, pretty good for a $50 donation to charity and to help his, his charity and uh, the family's charity really because the whole family helps run it and um, then the other thing is the is the silent auction and um, hopefully within the next couple of days you'll be seeing some things uh, from the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation's uh, Twitter Facebook and Instagram feeds where you'll be able to go online and actually look at the items um, because they'll, they'll be opening up uh, bidding I don't know when they're going to actually open up the bidding but uh, pretty soon you'll be able to at least look at, see what it is, see what types of things you can bid on that day. And, uh, you know, hopefully if the items are on site there, we might actually do a little bit of social media on it so that you can see some pictures up close of the stuff. Um, you know, keep an eye out on, on the team Blaney social medias, um, as we get to that day. Cause like I said, we might do a couple pictures here, or a video there of something just so you guys can see it up close. Uh, but yeah, go ahead to the, to the website, uh, driving for, F-O-R-E, good. Um, and uh, you'll be able to, to click links for, for these different things. Uh, right there on the main page is, is the donation for, for the uh, Wall of Fame. So, Yeah, so again, that website is drivingforforegood.planningpod.com. You can find out everything you need to know about this event that's coming up next Tuesday at the Top Golf Charlotte University uh, for the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation and in support of their partnership with the UPMC Sports Medicine Fund of Fellow Program. But for now, for my co-host Steve, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Good night, Dublin. Well, thanks everybody for coming. I hope you enjoyed it.